Hello, and welcome to this podcast of Sunday Sermons from Concord United Methodist Church. We hope that you'll find this message to be meaningful, insightful, and a refreshing part of your daily walk with God. Please feel free to share this podcast with family, friends, or anyone else who might benefit from it. This podcast is part of the digital ministries of Concord United, and we are grateful that you have chosen to experience worship and God's Word with us. For more information about Concord United and its ministries, please visit our website at concordunited.org. Sure, why worry? What's to worry about, right? Life is just a pony ride. We read the news. Everything's good news out there. No reason to worry. Yeah, right. So Jesus didn't know what he was talking about, though, when he said, don't worry. So we're going to talk about that today, particularly in the context of, of time. I don't know if you worry about time, how much you have, how much you wish you had. If you have extra time, not enough time, you worry about wasted time. You know, that's one that I connect with. This is kind of a 50th, this is kind of a 50th anniversary for me right around this time of year. Because right around this time, this is how old I am, right around this time of year, about 50 years ago, I dropped out of the University of Tennessee to seek my fame and fortune in the music business. And because I thought, you know, what could go wrong? I mean, I look at all these guys and gals that are, you know, making it and they're on the road and they're doing so well. And they seem to be doing two things simultaneously. And both attracted, or seemed attractive to me. They were both, they were, they were having a big time. They clearly were having a big time and they were hitting the big time. So I thought, you know, if I can have a big time on the way to hitting the big time, what could go wrong with that? Well, let me tell you, I'll answer my own question. A lot of things can go wrong with that, particularly if you focus more on the former, the A big time, than the latter, the big time. I was really good at A big time, not so good at the big time. And there's nothing wrong with having a good time. But in those days, when I was 18, 19 years old, uh, having a big time could be problematic for a number of reasons. One, often couldn't remember what I did the next day. And that's problematic. And, 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 and you know what? I, I laugh about it now. Uh, I thank God that I'm still here in one piece. But, but you know, it, it happens. Uh, and I got so focused on having a big time that I didn't notice for a couple of years that the big time wasn't getting any closer. And I was... I was concerned about, you know, we're playing the same clubs for the same people. We're traveling up and down the East Coast. This is no way to live. We're at the mercy of everybody. I don't have any money. I don't have any prospects. I don't have any future. This basically is no good. And then I started worrying about wasting time. And that's, and that's a big worry. And, and maybe you worry about that sometimes. Maybe you have launched into things in your life that didn't work out exactly like you thought they would. And you are concerned that you have wasted time. Uh, and, and that's scary. Psychologists tell us that we, we many of us, and, and this is not something that most people would have diagnosed, but we all deal with, along with the other anxieties that many of us have, we have time anxiety. And the reason it's such a big deal is because deep down we all want our lives to mean something. We want to know that when it's all over and our 
time has come uh, that, we, that, that our lives meant something, that there was some sort of purpose besides just having a big time or going for the big time in whatever our endeavors were. And it might not have been the music industry. It may have been something else. But we worry about that. And so when we think that we've wasted time, we didn't waste We've wasted our life because, let's face it, how we spend our time is what constitutes what then becomes our life. So there's a lot at stake here. And there are some things that God has to say about time because, let's face it, he's the one who gives us time. So let's, let's go back and look at um, a, a passage from Matthew, just one verse. It was in our video, and I want to bring it back out again. And I know that it sounds kind of like a taunt. It, it does to me sometimes. But Jesus said, why? He, no, he said, can any of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And, you know, we're like, you know, Jesus, that really hurts, but you're, you're, you're exactly right. And, and the context of that passage was Jesus, Jesus was telling them, it's not like, it's not like I'm just saying don't worry and I'm not going to do anything about it. Because remember, Jesus, this was in the context of Jesus saying, remember the, the sparrows, the birds, and they don't worry about where they're going to eat. They just go and they do their thing and God provides food. Or the, the fill, lilies of the field, the flowers, aren't they beautiful? They don't buy clothes. God takes care of them. And if he loves birds and flowers that much, imagine how much he loves you. Because you are his favorite part of creation. You are his favorite. Did you know that? You are God's favorite. And think of what he wants for you. So when he says, don't worry, he's not saying that nothing can go wrong. He's just saying God will be with you and God will provide. So he makes a good point. Can any of us by worrying add a single hour to our life? And I think we can all answer that fairly confidently. No. So what do we do? Here's the deal with time. We can't make more of it right? We all have so much time every day and so much time in our life, and we can't make it longer. We can't stretch it out. We can't add more hours. So, so what do we do? We listen to God, the giver of time, the one who gives the gift, because he has some more advice for us. This is from a psalm. This is kind of like our anchor verse for today. We're just going to have some verses here and there to help us along. But this is key. This is crucial. This is from Psalm 90. And in the midst of this psalm, uh, the, the psalmist, whoever wrote this psalm, was remembering um, how God had rescued the uh, people f from the Egyptians, they were held in bondage there by the Egyptians, and God used Moses and rescued them, and, and they were on their way to the promised land, and, and, and God would give them the manna every day. He was talking about how God provided. Yes, life is hard, and yes, God can sometimes seem harsh because life gets hard, but God is in everything, and he is there to provide what we need. And then this is the key verse of the whole thing. It's Psalm 90, verse 12. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. There's a lot of ways to interpret that, but I, you know what? I, here's, here's what I think it means. I think it means when numbering our days, it's recognizing the fact that we only have so many. We're only, we have a shelf life. You have one and I have one. But that's not to be taken as something negative or threatening. You only live once and you don't have much time, so you better get it right. That's not what God's saying. 
God is saying, what God is saying is, yes, you only live once and there's only so much time, so make the most of it. Instead of you better, it's like, why don't you? Why don't you make the most of it? Because when we realize that life is fleeting and it is truly a gift from God, just like the manna from heaven that came every day, so is time. Time is a gift from heaven. And when we see it that way, when we see it as the gift that it is from God, then we get this heart of wisdom. Then we start to understand what can come from it and what good can come from it. So, so here's my suggestion. Most of us at some point have really chased after having a big time. And there's nothing wrong with having a big time. A big time is different now for Lynn and me. Lynn is my wife. Uh, back in the, I won't even go into what a big time used to be when I was 18, 19 years old and on the road trying to play rock and roll. But now a big time is sitting on our screened in porch and watching the birds while we sip sparkling water. But that's, that's a big time, you know? And there's nothing wrong with that. But that's not the most important thing. That's not the pursuit of, of our lives, though it's pretty good. And I know longer chase the big time, though there's nothing wrong with being ambitious. There's nothing wrong with setting goals and trying to get there, but it can be problematic if we set the goals so high and we chase something that's, that's virtually unattainable because then we just drive ourselves and everyone around us crazy. So, so I'm suggesting that instead of chasing after a big time or the big time, what if we just focused on big time? And what I mean is, we can't make time any longer, but we can make it bigger. My point is this. Big time is when we choose to take whatever time we have and just make the most of it. But not just on our own terms and not just for our own selfish indulgence, though sometimes we do need to do things for ourselves. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying we do it from God's perspective. What if we brought God into it? He gave us the time in the first place. What if we brought him into it? And big time then just becomes taking every minute and making the most of it. And, and by that, I'm not saying that we need to do more stuff. That's probably what I'm not saying. You know, sometimes we equate living large, you know, the old saying, go big or go home. And, and we think sometimes that means, well, I've got to do 11 things tomorrow instead of 10 and 12 things the next day if I'm really going to be living life big. That's not what I'm talking about. It's not about doing more things, having more activities, being busier, being louder. No, it's, it's making life richer and deeper. And sometimes that means fewer activities. Sometimes that means uh, addition by subtraction, as the old saying goes. Use the example of music. You know, music, there are notes and there are rests. And, you know, the rests are just as important as the notes. And some people like to hear, if you all are, are, are guitar people, some people love, love Eddie Van Halen or, or, to bring it up a generation, Steve Vai or or Joe Satriani, or these guys that can shred and play a million notes in two measures. And that's awesome. I wish I could do that. But there are some people that like to hear people play blues real slow and leave lots of holes and gaps. And that can, that can be just as emotional as hearing somebody play a lot. I remember being with the Nashville Symphony, when I started being able to, I started helping, I do the, help do the fireworks in Nashville every year with the Nashville Symphony. And I, the first time I did it, I was sitting next to the timpani player. And you know, it's the kettle drums. And it was so cool because 
Kettle drums are very dramatic, and they make a lot of noise. But what struck me was how little he played. He's, he, had, you know, he had music, and he's counting. He's constantly counting. He's got his mallets. One, two, three. The symphony's playing, you know. Boom, boom. Boom, 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 boom. And on and on and on like that. If he just sat there and banged on those things, you wouldn't hear these beautiful passages where it's maybe just the flute and some violins, and they're playing very softly, and it's beautiful. You never hear that. And so rests are as much a part of music as the notes. And it's the same with life. We don't have to do more stuff and pack more stuff in to make life bigger, meaning life richer and deeper. And I want to explain a little bit more about what I mean by that. But here's the bottom line. Time, time is a gift from God, period. And it starts in eternity. Time began in eternity. The same time he gives us, it all started in eternity. And that's where it's going. And so that means that every minute we have can be eternal. There can be eternal significance to everything we do if we see it from God's perspective. So I'm going to look at a couple of ways that, and, and there are a hundred probably, but two ways that, that psychologists say we worry, we have this time anxiety. And one of them is worrying about having enough Time. We worry about having enough time. We look at our schedules. We, look at, we pull out our phone, go to our Google Calendar, our Outlook Calendar, whatever it is, and we go, I can't do, I can't do, a, oh, I got four more meetings today. Oh, and I've got to go here, and I got to take these people here, and I got to do that, and I do supper. Oh, oh my gosh. And suddenly, where, why, why can't I just have more time? Well, again, time is finite for us. So let me, let me read you a passage. If you ever worry about if you, there just doesn't seem to be enough time. Let me read this passage. Jesus, this is a story about Jesus. He was going to see his friends, Mary and Martha. They were the sisters of Lazarus. And Mary, Martha, and Lazarus lived, and we think Bethany was the town. Lazarus is the one that died, and Jesus came back and brought him up out of the tomb. That's another great story. But Jesus had gone to see them. Well, let me just read the passage. This is from Luke chapter 10, verse 38. Starts there. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You're worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed, only one. Mary has chosen what's better, and it will not be taken away from her. Jesus is not saying it's not important to have dinner. It's not important to clean the house. It's not important. He's not saying it's not important to go to work. It's not important to go to school. He's not saying that. He's not saying any of those things to go to, to, go to uh, the karate class or to go to soccer practice or baseball practice or uh, dance class or band, band rehearsal, what, whatever it is. He's not saying those things aren't important. But he's saying, put the most important things first. And here's how I want to distill that down. He told Martha, Mary 
is concerned about me. It's about relationship. There's so many things in life that are important. And, and work and cleaning the house and, and getting your kids where they need to go. And their activities are very important. Not playing that down at all. But they're not most important. The most important thing is the relationship. The relationships have to come first. So many times, our calendar sets our priorities. And that's backwards. We establish priorities and let those set our calendar. There's a, a church leader guy, his name is Kerry Newhoff, and he's a really smart guy. And I, I read his email every day, listen to his podcast. And, and I, was, I heard a talk that he gave a couple of years ago. And, and he said, I did something on my phone that changed my life earlier this year. I went in and took everything out of it. And I put into my phone first. Every week he does this. What am I doing with my family? What am I doing for me? My per- the important things, devotional time, exercise, whatever. All these things that are relational. Those go in first. Dinner with my wife. Going to hook up with my kids later. Whatever. That all goes in first. Then I schedule all the professional stuff. And he said, what I found is there's plenty of time for everything. I probably don't do quite as, as many things as I did before. Because I let that set the priority. Now that's, and, I, and I know that's hard, okay? But here's the, bottom, here's the bottom line. Time can hide behind misplaced priorities. And I'm not telling you that work and dinner and kids' activities and all that, I'm not telling you that's not important. They are. And I want kids to go to dance. And I want kids to go to karate and to play baseball and to do all these things. I want all of that. But what I want for you more than anything is to do the relationship piece first and make sure that gets the first priority. Lynn and I made as many mistakes as we got it right raising our children. We have two wonderful girls and five grandchildren. But if we got one thing right, and that was I was in the radio business at the time working 60 hours a week, and Lynn was working at a preschool. But we decided we're going to get, we called it eight feet under the table, all four of us are going to be at the dinner table as often as we can. Now, we realize that there are going to be some nights that I have to work until midnight or until 10, and there's going to be days that she's going to have to work over, and the kids are going to have this activity and that activity. Okay, but we prioritize that, and our girls will corroborate that today, and they will tell, tell you how important that was to them. We got that part right. We messed a bunch of stuff up. But to get the relationship piece right, it's hard, I know, but time hides behind misplaced priorities. Are we okay? Everybody okay? Okay. I mean, I know. I know it's hard, and it's hard for me. It's hard for everybody. As long as we're, just hang with me, because this is all good news. This is good stuff. So, so, whenever we feel like we don't have enough time, that could be part of the problem. Now, let's, let's talk about this. What about wasted time? What about things that you did that you feel like really didn't have much of a purpose and really haven't amounted to much? And they seemed so important at the time and probably were, but they just didn't work out. Um, oh my gosh. 
When I go back, when I've heard the call to ministry, and I've talked about this before, and I won't dwell on it, but when I heard this call to ministry, I, I was talking to this pastor friend of mine that was my mentor, and I'm like, oh, I'm 40 years old now, and I wish I could go back, if I could just go back and redo some of that stuff, some of that time that I just wasted, beat my head against the wall, trying to play rock and roll for people that didn't care and doing it all wrong, going about it the wrong way and, and other things that I'd done that I thought were wasted time. And he said, whoa, whoa, whoa. He said, why don't you take all that stuff that you think is wasted and why don't you give that back to God and see what he can do with it? And so... And that's kind of what I did, you know? It's like I had all this stuff, and I put it in a box, if you will. And I just went to God, and I said, God, okay, this is, this is my life so far. And most of it probably needs to go to the dump. But before I do, can you, make, can you do anything with this? Because it's all I've got. Can you, can, is there anything in here? And he goes, shh, Trotter, shh. Yeah, look at that. Look at that. That part right there. Yeah. I can use I can use I can use some of that. Yeah, put it down there. I'll get back to you on it. You just keep doing you just keep following you keep following the call. Keep doing what you're supposed to do. You keep going. Now let me let me work on this. And I just claimed Romans 8 28, and that was the whole thing. God works for good in all things, not some things, not just the best things, not the stuff that we don't consider wasted things. All things. God works through all things for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Did you hear that part? All things. He works with all of it. And that's a promise to you and to me. And that part about uh, for those who are called according to his purpose and who love him, that means we're willing to take this box of stuff and say, God, I can't find anything to do with this. But I'm going to let you rearrange it. You take it and you put it in whatever order you think it ought to be in. Throw the stuff out that doesn't work. But you do it. I can't do anything with it. And he'll go, Shh, calm down. And he'll start sorting through. And he'll find that stuff that you were just sure they wouldn't even take at the dump. And he'll say, let's see what we can do with that. And here's something that's true, and I want you to remember. Wasted time cannot be relived. But it can be redeemed. Wasted time can absolutely be redeemed into something beautiful for God if we're willing to see it from his perspective and give him a shot at it. And I can't tell you how much better I sleep at night knowing that all of that stuff I did I mean, I didn't, when I went to seminary, I, I wasn't really playing, I wasn't doing any music at all. But then as soon as I got in my little church, my first little church, uh, I just had this, you know, I'm going to get an acoustic guitar, and I, I'm going to learn some of these songs. And started playing a little guitar, and people would sing, we'd do a little praise song here and there. Then I started doing that in other places, and, and it's like, oh, it hit me. Oh, oh, you mean I can still play my guitar? How about an electric? <laughs> can I do that, God? And he's like, yeah, you can get an electric. It's okay. We'll figure out a way to use that too. But, I mean, he does that with all of us, with everything. You know, all those years I spent in radio, 
that, that, that I thought were, we were just you know, trying to get ratings so we could make more money and blah, blah, blah. We also did a lot of good. But he's like, yeah, yeah, you learned how to think and talk at the same time. So let's see if we can, let's see if we can do something with that, you know, on Sunday morning. And I'm like, God, and it's, it's so humbling to think that God can take all this stuff and repackage it and turn it into to something worthwhile. Time. Now, you can define it any way you want to, but here's the definition I'm going to leave us with. Time is an opportunity to turn a minute into a moment. And there's a difference, and you know what I mean. Minutes fly by. Moments linger. Moments last for all eternity. I'll give you a good example. I couldn't get this video. I couldn't pull it off. There was no way to do it. But many of you have seen this video from the Little League, regional Little League game that happened this week. Um, there was uh, uh, a guy named Isaiah Jarvis. He was batting. He was in the blue jersey, if you've seen the video. He was from Tulsa. And uh, they were playing a team from Perlin, Texas, and uh, a kid named Caden Shelton was pitching. And if you've seen the video, it's, it's really... It's scary when you first see it because Caden hauls off and throws a pitch and he goes and he just goes wild on him and he nails little Isaiah, knocks his batting helmet off and he goes down and it's scary, but he's okay. And then in a moment, you know, when he kind of gets himself together and he was okay, he, he takes first base because he's hit by pitch and the pitcher is just melting down on the mound He's crying, he's sobbing. He feels so badly about hitting this guy because it turns out they had talked to each other the night before in the hotel where a lot of the teams were staying. And he was crushed. So Isaiah, the kid that got hit, he takes his batting helmet off and walks off first base and goes out to the pitcher's mound. Hugs him. And he said, it's okay. You're doing great. That's what he told him. He said, it's okay. You're doing great. Let's go. Isaiah turned a minute into a moment. He took that little space of time. Man, did he make it big. And it impacted you. If you've seen the video, it impacted me. And it impacted now millions of people who saw this incredible act of sportsmanship and he offered him the gift of forgiveness right there in front of everybody and it transformed the moment, turned a minute into a moment. And you know what? We may never make the news, but we, can, we have chances to do that every day because time is, if nothing else, an opportunity to turn a minute into a moment. We can't get any more time. We can't buy any more. We can't find it on eBay. We can't find it on Amazon even. You can't even buy time on Amazon. But we can make time bigger. We can make it bigger. And that's my prayer for you and me, that we look over our priorities and we put relationships first and we want to find those important things for our kids to do and the things that we need to do that are so important. We want them to have a rich, full life and have these things. But make sure that we're not letting important things completely obscure the most important things, which are our relationships with God, 
in our relationships with each other, which, of course, makes the cross. That's why Jesus came. We were his priority. You think he wanted to do? You think he wanted to do that? No way. But we were his priority. And that was the way he chose to take that minute in time and make it an eternal moment that secured our salvation. We can do that too. We can turn minutes into moments. That's my prayer for you. And that's my prayer for me. Let us pray. Almighty God, we do sometimes just think of time as something that will never run out. And sometimes we waste it. And sometimes we wish we had more of it. Sometimes we may think we even have too much and we're not sure what to do with it. And we worry about it. And we worry ourselves sick about it. We wake up in the middle of the night worried about, I don't have enough time or I've wasted this time. Lord, help us to understand that we are your priority and you want us to make you and your people our priorities, the people in our families and our friends. Take care of those first and everything else will come. And that you want us to offer what we think is wasted time back to you and then just stand back and watch you go. Thank you, God. Thank you for your great love. Thank you for the gift of time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Concord United Methodist Church. This podcast is a ministry of Concord United, and we would love to hear from you. To contact us, please send an email to podcasts at concordunited.org with sermons in the subject line. For more information about Concord United, including worship times, service opportunities, mission efforts, and classes, please visit our website at concordunited.org. We also invite you to download and enjoy our daily devotional podcasts presented by the pastors and members of Concord United. Finally, we would appreciate it if you would leave a rating and a review of this podcast so that others can discover it and benefit from it.